إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره نعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him and we ask his help and we seek his forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil inside us And from the evil consequences of our bad actions Whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides no one can misguide And whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves to go astray no one can guide I testify that there is no God to be worshipped but Allah And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah Brothers and sisters my topic today will be about the rights of oneself part 2 Last week as a reminder we spoke about the rights of oneself and we talked about the moderation in worship and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to follow His commandments in order to be fair to ourselves. And we mentioned the hadith of Salman al Farisi radiallahu an when he said to his friend, Inna li haq. Your body has a right over you, your soul has a right over you, your Lord has a right over you, and your wife has a right over you you. And we also talked about the importance of aql, the importance of mind and intellect. And we talked about some of the things that harm the intellect. And last time we spoke about pornography. Today we're going to talk about something else will affect and harms the minds as well. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a lot of blessings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon us a lot of gifts and favors. Some of them we can see, some we can't. Some of them we are aware of and some of them we're not. Some of them we are preoccupied by their grace and we neglect in being grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of these blessings Blessings and gifts, brothers and sisters, is the gift of aql, the mind, the brain, the ability to think, the ability to reflect. Al-Hasan al-Basri once said, if the brain or the mind is a product that could be brought, many people would, would have gone so high with the price. So you cannot buy a brain. You cannot go to a store or to the giant eagle or Walmart to buy a brain. That's why, brothers and sisters, it's 
is so important. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us to protect the aql. And aql considered to be the, one of the most important of the five essentials that Islam and the Sharia came to protect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, brothers and sisters, command us to protect the intellect. Command us to protect the ability to think and reflect. But unfortunately, a lot of people, there are a lot of people who abuse this gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us by two of the most destructive elements of our society. What people call the double trouble, alcohol and drugs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya O believers, intoxicants, intoxicants, gambling, intoxicants, gambling, and divination by errors are all traps of the shaitan. So avoid them if you want to be successful. إنما يريد الشيطان أن يوخع بينكم العداوة والبغضاء في الخمر والميسر. Shaitan wants to instill in your heart, wants to instill in your mind the love of these things, the love of alcohol, the love of drugs, the love of gambling. وَيَصُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ And he wants to hinder you from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hinder you from praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ Will you not then desist? Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said in the Qur'an, وَلَا تَنْقُتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Do not kill yourself. Do not harm yourself. And he said, وَلَا تُلْقُوا بِأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى التَّنُّكَةِ Do not cast into ruin by your own hands. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَا ضَرَرَ وَلَا ضِرَارَ Do not harm yourself and do not not harm the others. And he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said, every intoxicant is khamr, and every khamr is haram. And Umar stated when he was standing in a member of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, khamr is that which befogs your mind. Brothers and sisters, the result of the use of drugs and alcohol can be devastating. Look at these statistics. They said the illegal drug trade over the world is over $320 billion. $320 billion a year. Listen carefully. 75,000 people in the United States. 75,000 people die every year because of the use of alcohol. Alcohol is considered to be the third leading cause of death in the United States. How many times do you read and hear in the media and see in the media about husbands who beat up their wives just because they were drunk or under influence of drugs? Two-thirds of the domestic violence cases involve alcohol. One of the researchers in this area once stated that mankind has never suffered 
a calamity more than that which was brought by alcohol and drugs. And he said, if his statistics were collected worldwide of all the patients in the hospitals due to drugs and alcohol, suffering from mental disorder, nervous breakdown, suicide, homicides, bankruptcy, sales of properties, broken homes, related to the consumption of drugs and alcohol, the number will be overwhelming, brothers and sisters. These two vices, they have a lot of harmful consequences on the individual's life and religion. In addition to this disaster he brings upon his family, by neglecting the need of his family, by not fulfilling the obligation toward his wife and toward his children, and also the crisis that he bring to his spiritual life. Brothers and sisters, how do people get addicted? How do people get hooked to these things? Number one. Number one factor is friends. Yes, friends. And we have to pay great attention to that. Since it has been proven that the reason that some people or many people go astray is because of their friends. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-mar'u ala deeni khalilihi falyanzuru ahadukum man yukhalil. A person is most likely follows the faith or the tradition, the way of his friend. So be careful whom you befriend. And take for example the story of the story of Uqba ibn Ma'it. He was a close friend to Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl had to go away for a business trip. And he left Uqba, his friend, in town. Uqba heard about the Messenger of Allah. He went and he sat with the Messenger of Allah. He liked what he heard. He promised the Prophet Muhammad that the following morning he will come to embrace Islam. That night, that same night, his friend came back and he said, Ya Uqba, what is going on with you? Your face is glowing. What's going on? Tell me what is the story. He told him, I sat with Muhammad. I like what I heard and I promised him that I'm going to be inshallah a Muslim in the morning. His friend became very angry and furious and he says, Wallahi, I will not be your supporter anymore. I will not be your friend anymore unless you get up right now and spit in Muhammad face. And he became one of the worst. Since that day, he became one of the worst enemies of Rasulullah How did his life end? He was killed in the first battle between the Prophet Muhammad and the polytheist of Mecca. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated his, his story in Surah Al-Furqan. He said, he will come in the last day, biting on his fingers, saying, I wish I took away with the Messenger of Allah. I wish I didn't take away with my friend. I wish I did not take my friend as a helper, as a guide. He misguided me while I was so close to be guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah. Brothers and sisters, youth may find that most of their friends or all of their friends have experienced the use of drugs and alcohol. 
And this person might feel that he is left out. And it seems like everybody else is having good time. Everybody else is partying and having fun. The next thing that you know that this innocent youth decides to experiment just one time. Just one time. Just to get the feel, how it feels to smoke weed. How it feels to drink alcohol. To do what? To please his friends. But he doesn't realize that the weakness, that first weakness to please his friends could be the greatest error or the greatest mistake that he ever made. And some brothers and sisters, some of the drug dealers, their strategy is to get as many customers as they can. And sometimes they offer drugs for free. You know, and then when people experience the drug high, they might become a customer for life. They might become a customer for life. And the addicted person then starts to beg for money, steal, borrow money. Sometimes they prostitute themselves for money in order to get money to buy drug for their next fix. And that's why brothers and sisters, intoxicant, drugs, alcohol is considered to be the mother of all evils. Number two. Number two is the relaxation, the escape of reality. People do drugs and drink alcohol to escape from reality. The thing is, brothers and sisters, reality is not meant to be escaped. Reality is meant to be faced. Running away from, from your problems will never fix your problems. And remember one thing, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never give you anything that you cannot handle. Again, Allah, remember this, remember it. Allah will never give you anything that you cannot handle. And the problem with the drugs, brothers and sisters, that after the high, there is always a horrible low. And the escape that people are seeking will never last. And they end up looking for a new high. And that's why they go back and buy drugs and buy alcohol to get that high. Brothers and sisters, it's devastating sometimes. It's devastating sometimes. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited all the intoxicants. And that's why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was always reminding his companions and us to stay away from the traps of the shaitan. Because again, the shaitan wants to instill into your heart, into your mind, that this is the way to escape. This is the way to the paradise. Many people, brothers and sisters, many people will chase after drugs and alcohol to find this happiness, to find this elation, to find this joy, to feel this void that they cannot feel in any other way. If you remember Christina Onassis, one of the richest women in the world, she died at the age of 37, she married a few times. And she died in a bar in Argentina at the age of 37. And they said that the cause of the death, they said it's either alcohol or excessiveness of drugs. Painkiller drugs. With all the money, with all the fame, she could not find happiness. But we as Muslims, brothers and sisters, as Muslims, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we have to understand this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us a certain elation, a feeling of excitement, a feeling of happiness and joy that is unmatched to any other feelings, which is the elation of faith, of iman to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just imagine the type of happiness that the companions of Rasulullah must have felt, despite the fact that many of them were persecuted, many of them were beaten and tortured, many of them were boycotted, many of them ate dirt and grass, yet they still refuse to give up the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their firm, firmness in faith, brothers and sisters, came from this happiness that they found in the closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they found in the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These, these examples, brothers and sisters, are not stories, but real life examples. Real life examples that, that teach us that people can find elation and happiness and excitement and joy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember one thing, that relation between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that relation that you can find with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no crash after high. There is no crash after high. The only thing that you can do to maintain that high, is by worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's for free. It's for free. All you have to do is show some sincerity. But just try it. And I'm sure that every single one of us had a moment in his life when he tasted the sweetness of this faith. When he cried behind an imam reciting the Quran, or crying, bowing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or invoking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him something. I want also to talk about smoking weed. Because this is something so easy, accessible. People smoke it all day and all night. And unfortunately some people, they debate about its prohibition. And some people try to justify its use. But we brothers and sisters, it weakens the mind and the capability to reflect. It makes you lose the motivation of doing anything, even worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Intoxicant is haram. Intoxication are haram. Haram. And he said, that which intoxicates in large quantities is prohibited in small quantities. And Ibn Taymiyyah, when he was asked about the hashish, which is a solid grass, just like weed, he said it's haram, it's prohibited, whether it's intoxicant or not. Why? Because he said it produced delight, and a feeling similar to drunkenness, and smoking it will stimulate the sexual desire, and lead to a lot of shameful acts. Some people say, well, it doesn't really, you cannot get addicted to weed, just to let you know. There is a negative effect on your health. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong and most likely you're wrong. But if you don't worry about your health, worry about your life. 
Worry about your life. People don't want to socialize with someone who does weed or smoke marijuana. People don't want to socialize with someone who does hashish. People don't want to. How many times did you hear about students in college who were expelled out because they were caught smoking weed in campus? How many times people get rejected and denied when applying for a job because they find weed in their system? So if you're not worried about your health, worry about your life. But the prohibition of Allah, the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must come first. You have to listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to say. You have to listen to what the Messenger had to say. Some people they say, well it's legal now in a couple of the states. Now and Islam should just let it go and allow it to people. When it comes to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no compromise in stand. You have to follow what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He addressed the Muslim, when He was talking about intoxicants and gambling and all these drugs, He says, Oh believers, He's addressing the believers. He's addressing the believers. So don't try to justify the use of uh, weed. Don't. It's haram. It's haram. How many present day governments tried to ban and prohibit alcohol? Here in the United States, I think in the 40s or in the 50s, they tried to ban alcohol by enforcing laws. What happened? They, they failed. It was only Islam that succeeded in prohibiting the, the wine and alcohol in general. Some people they say, well, there is a use for it in medications. Well, the Prophet Muhammad answered your question. He said, when someone came to him and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I'm using wine as medication. And Rasulullah said, it's not medication, it's a disease. It's a disease. But sometimes also, there are cases of necessity. That supposing that someone is dying, if he doesn't get like some weed, and I don't think that will happen. But supposing that, supposedly that someone is dying, and they cannot find something else but weed, then he should save his life. It's a gateway drug. Do not fool yourself. Some people say, no, I will never go harder than weed. I can smoke weed then, I will never get drugged. I will never go higher than that, or harder than that. It's a gateway drug. Seriously. Nobody says, well, I'm going to start to smoke marijuana or start to smoke weed or tobacco today so that at the end of the year, I'll be just a druggie. No. No. Shaitan will never tell you, just go and do some cocaine. No. This is not the policy of the shaitan. You know what is the policy of the shaitan? The policy of the shaitan is a step-by-step policy. Bit by bit. You smoke... You smoke first tobacco, then you go to the hookah, then you go to the shisha, then you go to the weed, then you go to the hashish, and at the end of the day, you're doing drugs, hard drugs. Take for, as an example, take the story of Barsisa. And this story is located in Sahih al-Bukhari. That Rasulullah was telling the companions about a righteous man from Banu Israel. This man used to live by himself, very righteous and pious person. And there were three people in the, in the town who wanted to go on a journey and they had a sister. They have a sister and they wanted someone to take care of her until they come back. They went to the Barsisa and they offered him to, to have their sister stay with him. Because he's a righteous man who would never harm the, their sister. And then Barsisa said, what an evil thing you brought to me. No, 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 I don't want to do this. 
They left. And the shaitan started to whisper to him. He's saying that you're a righteous man and a pious person. You should have... You should have said yes, because you don't know who else is going to take care of her. Maybe he will take advantage of her. You should go to the brothers and accept having the sister in your house. So he went back to the brothers and he says, Okay, I will host your sister until you come back. And then he used to live in his place of worship and he let her sleep in her house, which was across the street from his, his church or his place of worship. And every time he cooks for her, he used to leave the food right in front of his house. And she has to cross the street to take the food and go back. So the shaitan was saying, what kind of manner is that? Let the woman just expose herself like that. He should have just take the food, go by her door, leave it there by her door. He started doing that. After that he said, she's, she's been alone for a long time. So she let a little bit. Go inside, sit with her, talk with her. This is what he did. The second thing that you know, that he slept with her, he had an unlawful relationship with her, she got pregnant. Shaitan told him, what are you going to do now? You destroy your reputation, your image. What people going to say about you? The righteous man, the pious man who slept with someone, and he got pregnant, you have to do something about it. You have to get rid of them, kill them. So he killed the wife and the, the baby. And he buried them in the room. The brothers came back. They asked, Barsisa, where is our sister? She got ill and I had to bury her right in the graveyard. They believed him because he was a righteous man. One of them saw a dream that night. That the shaitan appeared to him. He saw the shaitan in his dream telling him, You went to Barsisa and he told you this? He's a liar. He actually killed her, her son. And they actually, he buried them in his room, in the bedroom. They get up. And one of them said, I saw a really horrible dream. And he told them about the dream. They were astonished because both of the other two brothers, they saw the same dream. They went to Barsisa. And I said, where did you bury our sister? He told them. They checked that he was a liar. They took him to the judge. And he was about to get executed. The shaitan appeared physically for the first time. And he says, Barsisa, I'm the one who gets you into this point. I'm behind all this. There is only one condition and I'm your only way out. I'm your only way out. But there is one condition. And the condition is to bow to me. Barsisa bowed to the shaitan. And that was the last thing the righteous man did right before he died. Prostrated and bound to the devil. So to tell me that the shaitan is going to come to you and say, Muhammad, listen, we need to go do some heroin tonight. No, he's not going to say that to you. He's going to find you a friend. Not a friend. He will send you someone who is called a friend. Right? who smokes, and he will take you step by step until you give you a drug. So brothers and sisters, this is very, very serious. It's very, very serious. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي. الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم عني على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك. How can we fix this problem, brothers and sisters? <coughs> Number one is communication. Communication. By neglecting the problem, the problem is not going anywhere. You have to address the problem. You cannot say, I cannot have a family member who is a drug addict or 
abuse of the alcohol. Because it might happen. And if you have somebody in your family, then the family and the parents must learn how to communicate with them. You must address it in a way that it will not harm the children. Address it in an open, friendly atmosphere. That's number one. And remember, your child who have passed the age of puberty, he is a righteous adult. And you need to treat him as such. Do not talk down to your children. Number one. Number two, sympathy. Showing sympathy. Even if it's a stranger. Because a, a, an addicted person is a diseased person. And instead of condemning them, try to offer some help. Send them to rehab. Moral support. A few words of encouragement. Number three. Number three is every Muslim community must provide. And listen carefully to this. Every Muslim community must provide the alternative forms of recreation for the youth. Like youth centers, youth camps. Just form some sort of atmosphere that the, the youth will come and socialize in the masjid. Number four, the person who is addicted to any of these things, he must repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and get closer to Allah and ask Allah sincerely, sincerely, to get him out of this problem. Number five and the last point is mothers have a very important role to play here. They have to be their children's best friends. Brothers and sisters, again, aql is one of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to protect. Is one of the things, as I said in the beginning, Sharia considered to be one of the most essential thing in your body. And the Sharia came to, to protect it. And so you cannot harm your brain. You cannot harm your intellect because you're going to be asked. And again, these things are amana. And in the last day, while you're standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's going to ask you about them. So, take care of yourself, and take care of your brain, your intellect. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واصرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أخدمنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم اجعل هذا الجمع جمعا مرحوما وتفرقنا بعده تفرقا معصوما ولا تجعل فينا ولا حولنا ولا خلفنا شقيا ولا محروما والله we ask you to forgive us والله we ask you to pardon our shortcomings and forgive our mistakes والله we ask you to enlighten our hearts والله we ask you to honor us as you honor those who were before us والله we ask you and ask your protection from anxiety and grief. We ask your protection from laziness and inability. And we ask you to place lights in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies, and make us sources of light. Amen, amen, amen. Subhanahu wa rabbika rabbil izzati amma sifun wa salamun ala mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqim as-salah.